I hate the word recreational. As a mm-hmm. mom, hate it. I hate it because I'm like, it makes it sound like every it's for everyone. No, it's for adults. Preventative is really the way that we're going to keep people healthy. And I find, you know, like cannabis is part of my preventative. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of I Am Christina D'Arcangelo. And today with me, I have my guest, Diana McElroy. McElroy. Did I say your last name? Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. One of the things you're welcome. One of the things I am horrible at is uh, pronunciation. I mispronounce things all the time and I never meet any disrespect. Sometimes I even give people other names um, because they look like that name instead of, and it's not me being pompous. It's just kind of what I do. So welcome Diana to the show. We're so glad to have you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invite. And I have to tell you right off the bat, I identify with so much of what you say. I'm an ESL student. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like guessing, especially if it's a name I've never seen before, because I tend to read from memory. Mm-hmm. So yes, yep. totally identify with that. It's it's difficult. I've been like this my whole life, you know, and as a kid growing up, I actually had some learning deficiencies. Um, I couldn't comprehend what I read and I was horrible at math, which is you know, both of those tools I use in skills every day of my life. I've now figured out, you know, many years later that I have a photographic memory. So when you oh. said you read by memory, I understand that because like I can work on a budget grid that's, I don't know, thousands of lines long. And I can remember like that row 56 has steady drug pricing in it. And that's where you're going to find it. And you're going to see the unitize and the duration of 36 months for the trial. Like that's how my mind thinks. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so weird. Yeah, so yeah. it's so cool to meet somebody else that does the same thing because not a lot of people talk about it because yep. it's embarrassing and it's like a superpower. Why can't we just talk about it now? I folks? think I think learning to, well, how you learn is really valuable. I move schools every uh, two years and different um, education styles, different formats of how they, they imprinted education on you. And I, I learned things along the way. People make fun of me, but even to this day, when I go to an event, I bring my notebook with me and I take notes because I've learned that the way something imprints is if I write it down. Mm-hmm. That's how I got through college. That's how mm-hmm. I got my education is, you know, index cards. Yep. And yes, the the process of writing repetition. It, it, yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Some people don't need that. You know, you have a photogenic photographic memory. I don't. I need something to imprint on me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it doesn't always work. <laughs> um, so like the, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I have to, if I wanted to stay in, I'll repeat things to myself quietly, almost like Rain Man, which yep. sounds goofy, but that's what I do. Like line 52, da, 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 yep. line 52. And so I learned the same way with like, I learned with flashcards and repetition. Yes. Like I remember learning my times tables, you know, in third grade, but that's when they figured out there was an issue. I was going into fourth grade. And ironically, my son just started fourth grade this year. And so I, you know, I can recall all these things because, you know, my dad was like, listen, we need to help, you know, fix this issue because she needs to be able to comprehend what she's reading and she needs to know her math. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And God bless that you had that advocacy. I think I 
No one in my family spoke English till I was in high school. So I found my own coping skills. And again, moving every two years, the school system never kind of caught up with me. They never, you know, always Mm -hmm. a new kid. So trying Mm -hmm. to figure out where she fits in. Mm -hmm. I laugh. I am extremely blind. Like if I take these off, everything's fuzzy. Uh The world is, you know, like I've had a couple of drinks. Um, In sixth grade, they realized that she's not the squinty kid that she can't see. Yeah. You just see glasses. Yeah, exactly. But they just assumed that was my natural expression. Like, look at her. She's always smiling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm focusing. And I do smile a lot, but I'm focusing. And then I talk a lot. So they put me in the back. Yep. Which didn't serve Mm -hmm. me. Nope. Yep. Same thing. I talked all the time, but they put me at the front because I talked all the time and they wanted to keep an eye on me. Um, so I didn't get away with, you know, being in the back. So at least I felt like I was learning more, Yes. but I was under the microscope all the time for talking. Um, and my kid, you know, it's funny to see like, you know, how our kids mimic some of the things that we've done, you know, cause it's genetic. And so he's always talking to people and I'm always like, Chris, you got to stop talking. Like Christian, stop talking. Don't talk. Well, mom, you talk all the time. Well, that's a different story, Chris. It's work. You know, I have to talk, you know, I have to be on zooms. I have to do these things, but there's a time and place to be quiet and you've got to be quiet. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard, especially when you feel like you want to say something. Uh, There's a last story I'll share. Uh, There's a a family joke that I got in trouble at uh, PS 105 in the Bronx for talking. I didn't speak English yet. I was, and my uncle look, he's like, who are you talking to? Like, no one understands Polish. Like, who are you talking to? I would just talk to the other kids, you know? And I always laugh because we had play dates and they didn't speak my language. I didn't speak their language, but figure out a way. But the toys and the games, you know, are universal. So at least you could kind of play, you could figure out, which is pretty cool. And that's how I learned English is eating an apple and we'd go apple apple you know yeah that's so awesome well you know my son he when he was little and he was learning you know english as his first language um and he understands farsi and italian but my italian's different because my dad um was sicilian and my mom is northern so our dialect is like a hybrid you know in my household um but when my kid was little and my dad was trying to teach him colors he had fruit snacks and so he would hold up a fruit snack and say christian what color is this? Yep. It green. This is green. And so it's funny that you said that about the apple because it's the same thing. Like again, it's repetition. It's it you're is. just constantly, you know, repeating yourself so you can learn. A hundred percent. I mean, I've used that skill set in learning everything I could about cannabis and you know the industry and and the products and and you know I, yeah. So. I, 110%. Everything I've learned as a kid, I've just transferred to as an adult and have pushed forward with it. Yeah, it's awesome to build our toolbox at yep. that point and just continuously building and, you know, not looking at this as an impediment, nope. but, you know, <laughs> looking at this as a way to challenge yourself and achieve things that you never thought you would be able to achieve, you know, and 110%. And, and, showing our kids like this was one thing that I learned for me as a parent showing my kids that like you don't have to be great at something coming out of the gate like you don't have to be I always tease my girls like don't peak in middle school 
Don't even peak in high school. Like you can, you know, keep fostering and growing. I'm turning 50 in a couple of months and I feel like my life is just getting started, like in some ways, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love that. And I talk to my son about that all the time. Like, you know, he, he had something happen this week at school and I was like, well, did you try your best? And he goes, well, yeah, mom, I tried my best. I said, okay, well, then as long as you try your best and now we just have to figure out how to fine tune some of these skills that you seem to need some help with, you'll be fine. I mean, this is how everybody learns is, you know, with making mistakes, correcting the mistakes, acknowledging it and going forward and not being embarrassed because we don't know everything. We, no. I learn stuff all the time, you know, like all the time. And like, especially in the cannabis space, because it's ever evolving and there's oh so much stuff going on. And, you know, it's funny when somebody comes up with a post on LinkedIn about something and you're like, listen, I knew about that two years ago. I just didn't talk about <clears throat> it because there's a lot of things that I don't want to share because I'm doing stuff that is proprietary. <laughs> and maybe that it's so funny because maybe that's the problem. I share everything. Um, I, I find this industry to be very, very evolving so quickly. You know, we're on the East Coast, so New Jersey, New York are constantly having new rules and regulations come out where we're literally building the laws as you know, in movement as the industry is opening up. And I find it fascinating. Never mind the health and wellness aspect of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, a lot of times um, we, uh, we actually, I wrote a white paper about the Pennsylvania program about two or three years ago with Dr. Brian Donner. And we used my Cannabot to uh, obtain all the information. So it wasn't like we used Excel or something. Yeah, yeah. It could be changed. It was, you know, a tool that can be audited from a QA standpoint. And our paper went everywhere. They used it in Georgia to legalize wow. their program, the Philippines. Uh, it was kind of interesting to yeah, watch yeah. it just hit everywhere because the program in Pennsylvania we have a, a tremendous amount of qualifying conditions, so we're very lucky yeah. so that patients can get into it. Um, however, we, um, you know, one of the things that I see as a patient, a medical patient, and we're a medical state, we're not recreational, but we have states that are boarding us that are recreational. So it's interesting to watch all that go on, you know, around I us. Find it I find it fascinating. So I worked for a multi-state operator and we had holdings in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. um, Alara Healthcare. Yeah. 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 So they purchased, um, uh, Terrasand purchased Alara. Yep. I ended up working at the cultivation site here in New Jersey in my hometown. Okay. Um, and so I was community outreach. So I did a lot with the Pennsylvania side as well. Yep. And in some ways your system is better. Like I like the fact that especially for medical patients, you guys require pharmacists on staff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I find that critical. I wish New Jersey had adopted that. I realize it's more expenditure for the companies, but honestly for patient care and for education and rolling out a new system, I, I found it uh, like indispensable, like, you know, having a pharmacy pharmacist to lean on, ask a question, learn from, you know, getting that education as an employee and as someone who was forward facing in the company, I thought was outstanding. Um, so there's certain, I laugh at the terminology, like in Pennsylvania, marijuana is legal in New Jersey. It's illegal. You yep. know, cannabis is legal. Um, 
So like those little nuances, I find it interesting that, you know, because you guys are so medical, I'm curious to see what will happen when you go adult use. I, I hate the word recreational as a mm -hmm. mom. Hate it. I hate it because I'm like, there's nothing. It makes it sound like every it's for everyone. No, it's for adults. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and, and the thing too, is that a lot of times people who are using it, if you call, you know, want to say recreationally, not med medicinally, nine times out of 10, they're using it because they have anxiety and it helps yes. them calm down, oh, yeah. which thereby yep. means it's medicinal. So it's like, we just keep, you know, running in circles. It's, it's interesting um, that you have experience with Ilara because I was working with Ilara early on when they first opened their doors yeah. When they sold to Terrasend, um, you know, I was working with all the chiefs and I'm working with them now on the Xylera study because yeah. they moved over and joined forces with Zelda. And I had worked with Zelda in my past life too. So, you know, they I started working with all these guys six years ago. So it's neat to see how it's progressed. Um, yeah. And I, I like the fact that Pennsylvania instituted research automatically. And yeah. so, you know... Cause that's where I come from. So yep. it's like, I've been saying this for six years, you know, I'm now what, seven years. I, I don't understand why people don't understand why we have to do these things. We, we don't know what we don't know. So we have to prove it. We don't know what we don't know, but yet we do know. So I always get asked like, you know, um, Diana, would it help with this? Diana, would, I'm not a doctor. I never claim to be one, but I always give someone lean on. I always recommend like, well, I have a friend who's utilizing it for that. Um, you know, it's back in like coming from Poland, we used a lot of herbs, right? right? You didn't rent to a pharmacy. You went and you, you tried an herb and you tried, you know, your throat hurts. My first go-to is always lemon and honey. Mm -hmm. Like try that first. It, do you really have it, it, something going on with your throat or did you just talk too much like your yeah. mother does? You know, you'll know right, right away. Or is um, it a gut issue? Um, exactly. Because your gut yep. rules everything. Um, yep. I went to, it's interesting. Another thing that we're parallel with is it's, it's really interesting, especially in Pennsylvania. You know, back when I was growing up, we went to a natural path. She was an MD as well, but she was from Japan. And so it was so cool. So like, you know, I remember this one thing she gave us when we had not to be too graphic and, and like gross, but I remember when we get the stomach bug and we would take something called paragoric. And I remember it was this terrible, it was in this brown bottle and it was disgusting. And it was like, it burned a hole in your stomach, but it worked, yep. you know? And I remember all these things like as a kid and, 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 you know, going and, you know, there was your medicine outside yep. the little pharmacy door in the, in her, cause she ran her practice in her, yeah. you know, outside of her home, like attached to her home. It was so cool, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I was an exchange student in Japan for five weeks and the way they look at medication as a holistic study. I mean, it's funny. I'll share with you. I went through eight cycles of IVF and towards the end, they said, um, you know, try acupuncture. And it really, it was funny. I will, I will share with you my IVF doctor who was not at his wit ends with me, but he really wanted me to succeed. Said Diana, two things I'm going to throw into the basket. He goes, I don't know why, but my cycles tend to be bigger and better after Thanksgiving. I want you and Bob to have a Thanksgiving dinner. So we did. 
He goes, I don't know if it's Turkey. I don't know if it's the, the sense of community. He goes, I'm just throwing it as a doctor, this you know, unscientific research, right? Mm-hmm. Try it. So we did that. And then go <laughs> to, um, and I tried it as well. And I had a baby. So it's just funny, like, you know, doctors see things to your point about research. There's things we know innately. But because we don't have a paper written up about it and enough subject matter, we can't say it openly. But it, within the cannabis industry, we're we're constantly like, hey, try this strain because I've found that it helps me with this, you know, because it is a dosing journey, too. You're not mm-hmm. going to not everything works for everyone else. So, you know, we kind of lean in and, and get um, get experience from what other people have utilized. Yeah. Because everybody's endocannabinoid systems are different, you oh, know, sure. and nobody really talks about that part. Yeah. And, oh, wow. you yeah. know, it's different. Mine's different from yours. And, yes. you know, unless you're getting your endocannabinoid test system tested, you really will never know what cannabinoids you're deficient in. So yeah. it's, it's really hard. It's like a luck of, you know, draw of luck of the draw or whatever, when you're in this, this space, because, well, it's just like traditional pharma, like they, okay. So they came up with some pill to help with antibiotic or whatever. Right. Well, not every patient's the same. It's the same nope. thing. Every human is different. And so you're saying, cause you studied this and it's X amount of people that it works, but you're not always capturing all the side effect profiles. So the patients that had a higher side effect profile aren't being lassoed in so that information's not being shared. It's one big vicious cycle. <laughs> yep, 100%, 100%. And, you know, it's like with anything, you're not, people aren't toting the, the negatives as much as they are the positives. So, you know, but to me, like one of the, one of my foundations that I stand on is I try to dispel some of the, um, the negative behind mm-hmm. this and also like normalize it. Like, listen, it took me and it was a slow dial because I, I was teaching on it. And then I became a patient mm-hmm. because one day, true story, middle of the night, I woke up like, why am I telling other people to use this? And why am I not a patient in the, you know, in the program? And I went and looked online and my primary doctor turned out to be a recommending doctor and never recommended cannabis to me as an alternative for the insomnia I'm experiencing because of perimenopause. Yeah. And I called him up and I'm like, doc, like I had What's up with this? I told you what industry I'm working in. Like, why wouldn't you recommend this to me? Because like most doctors, he's on the down low, not yeah. down low, but he's on the state site, but he's not projecting it loudly and openly because he doesn't have that research. Right. He wants to, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I'm a, a patient, obviously, in Pennsylvania. Um, I have two autoimmune diseases and I go I to Penn. See. Yeah. And I go to Penn. So University of Penn is one of those uh, universities that falls in our research chapter here. And so whenever I go to see my GP and I go to Penn, um, they'll look at my stats and I get blood work every quarter and sometimes more so than, you know, if there's something going on, I might sometimes have to do it more. And it's always interesting when we look at the results from the time before and where we are, what I'm feeling. And they always want to say that, you know, well, it's traditional, blah, 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 meds. And I'm like, no, you, you, you right there, you see that cannabis. Yeah. That's what I take. Okay. And I have all these other things. I do cannabis. Isn't the magic bullet. 
Um, you know, you've got to do other things too and live a healthy life is one of them. Um, but that's what helped me. It wasn't all this other crap that you guys wanted me to take because I, I, I get sick ever since I've had my son. I've developed so many allergic reactions. I mean, I had to get tetanus because I don't know what to do about tetanus. God forbid I stepped on a can, right? Because I can figure out a lot of things, but yeah. this I didn't research. So I said, okay, how bad could this be? Fine. It's a shot. Go ahead and shoot me this, you know, one time I should be okay. I don't remember as a kid or, or younger worrying about this tetanus issue. So they hit me one time and I swear to you, um, it happened right before I was going to Charleston and Savannah with my son. It was on a Wednesday. We flew on a Saturday. My whole arm was swollen and red. I had a bullseye. It looked like I had Lyme or people were asking me if I had monkeypox because it looks like an open sore. It's not, I don't have monkeypox. This was called, I got a tetanus shot and I had an extreme reaction. Wow. So, so <laughs> I went back to the doctors again because I had to go back to finish my first visit because I was, you know, they make you do um, these physicals now as part of your insurance to keep you insured. And so we couldn't get through my physical because I had COVID and I have long hauler syndrome. And so we were going through all this. And so he's pissed off at me because I was like, listen, man, you, you knew that I had all these issues. I said this when I called and made my appointment. And so when I go back again to finish, I let him know all of my issues. You know, I literally thought I was having a heart attack. I had pain going across my pec muscles. I was had swelling, all these things, right? I looked up all the side effects. I had every one but two. And so I was like, I'd like you to update my records because it was serious. This was not an adverse. No. And he writes, oh, adverse event. I said, that's wrong. That's the wrong terminology. It's serious adverse event. Even though I was not hospitalized, I could have been if it continued down. I said, if I didn't take cannabinoids and put some salve on this, I, I, you could still feel the lump a week later. I can still feel it, Diana. Wow. I can still feel the lump wow. on the inside. It hurts still. It's wow. been weeks. And you know, the problem with allergic reaction, what I understand is it builds upon, it can build upon itself. So mm -hmm. if you exhibit, you know, some kind of a rash the first time, the second time can be a little worse. Third one. It is. And so your doctor should be very mindful that like, oh, she had any sort of reaction. We're not going to, unless that's the therapy they're going with, right? Now they're introducing the reactions mm -hmm. like in a very small level. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, wow. this is this is not herd immunity with us here. Yeah. This is tetanus. I mean, this yeah. is nonsense. I mean, I don't understand what happens. And so um, now, you know, we have it updated on my chart. And so now I know, okay, for my son, when he goes and he gets a tetanus shot now, we know that there's potential he can have a problem because I had a problem. So at least we know um, it, it, we could be educated a little bit more about it, unfortunately, and it sucks. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Christina, I'm adopted. And so a lot of these questionnaires ask you what's family history, what's family history, what's family history. And I'm always like, I'm a clean book. So like, be cognizant of everything. So, mm -hmm. you know, I had a really good primary doctor, and he prescribed a um, mammogram before my time. Why? Because TMI, I out myself a lot. I happen to have cystic uh, breasts. Okay. So what are you feeling? You know, so let's get a baseline when you're 25 uh -huh. so you have, and then go from there. 
which I thought was brilliant. Makes sense to me. Exactly. I don't know my family history. I right. don't know my family history. And at the time they weren't doing the markers test, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, so it's just like the pre- preventative is really the way that we're going to keep people healthy. And I find, you know, like cannabis is part of my preventative. Right. Thing. It really is. You know, it allows me to, I, I tend to microdose. It allows me to have more energy, which mm-hmm. then allows me to exercise more. I'm a yoga instructor. Yeah. You know? So, so awesome. Just, yeah. Relaxes. It takes the inflammation out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you can function as a normal human. How exactly. imagine, imagine that. <laughs> yes, I know. And you know, it's funny. I've, I've outed myself and now it's to the point where like my neighbors know my, my, you know, the surrounding towns know that I am the cannabis lady, the, the one that's going to talk about it, the ones that that's going to promote it. Um, and I do it openly, but I will tell you something really quickly shifted on right after we went adult use in New Jersey, we had a event here in my neighborhood and I purposely stayed out of it, but a lot of people were consuming cannabis. And I kept running around going, do you smell my people? My people are here. Do you smell my people? My people are here. Because it was so stigmatized that mm-hmm. no one had done it openly prior. Right. And now, except for me, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, if you smell it, it's probably me because no one else is owning up to it. No right. Of course is. not. I, I'm a, uh, I like flour. I like traditional flour. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, that kind of like pushing the dial, pushing the dial that is something part of my advocacy in this space. That's awesome. Well, thank thank you you so much for joining us today, Diana. It was was such a nice time talking to you today and just talking about all the different things that, you know, we have in common, which, you know, we always try to do on these shows is to show, you know, that we are the same. So with that, Remember, we are the same. I am Christina D'Archangelo. Thank you for joining us today. 